This is Raynor's podcast, The Creative Mindset. Welcome to The Creative Mindset, a podcast about the art of building a career through conversations with the world's leading practitioners of creativity. It's an intimate journey on how they got started, their turning points, failures, and tips on work and life. I am your host, Ray Namoto, the founding partner of IONCO, a global innovation firm based in New York and Tokyo. Today's episode is part one of my conversation with Paolo Antonelli, the senior curator of design at the Museum of Modern Art. The reason why I reached out to Paola for the recording of this、uh, podcast was because over the years, over more than 20 years that I've lived in New York and I've seen multiple exhibitions at multiple museums, but the exhibitions that she curated over the years seem to have more creativity in them. The topics The subject matters that she would choose for her shows and the way she curates those shows were fresh, surprising, and inspiring. And I wanted to understand the source of creativity for her work in the world of design exhibitions and how she got to where she got to. In the end, she gives us a piece of advice about life, which was quite surprising. So take a listen. And hope that becomes a useful tip for your work and life. So let's get started. I never really knew how a curator becomes a curator and wanted to, you know, and I'm sure everybody has their own journey, but I wanted to hear about your journey, how you got interested、uh, this, in this line of work、uh, in the first place. And if you can tell us a little bit about your journey becoming a curator. See, that's the problem. I have a feeling that I never decided. <laughs> I have a feeling that I never decided anything in my life except once when I decided to abandon economic school and move to architecture. But I, I truly did not have a calling. I grew up in Milan. And、um, as a Milanese kid, I went through everything that Milan has to offer because I, I worked. In the fashion world. When I was a teenager, I was keeping the press separate from the buyers in,、uh, at Armani's PR office. So, I mean, I was like, a, a, a stay, a, a, like an intern, right? But an intern for like three years every afternoon. So,、um, I was working there. Then I worked in design. I worked, you know, it's like all of the different things that Milan had to offer and did. But before, Becoming a curator, I never thought that I would become a curator. So I, I studied economics at first. And after two years of studying economics, I realized that I was really unhappy. And uh, uh, it took me two years because I was stubborn. You know, I wanted to really make it work. So I remember that I was in Sardinia, which is the place where I was born. And, that's, and I was sitting on a rock and I was thinking and looking at the sea. And that's when I decided to move. From economics to architecture. So that's what I did, not because I wanted to become an architect, but because I wanted to go as far away from, from、uh, economics as possible. And at that time, architecture school in Milan was a mess. It was like we were 15,000 students, only in architecture, only in Milan, 15,000. We would pay 200 bucks a year. And it was a jungle. It was like, you know, everybody had like a knife between their teeth, and off you went. Like, it, it was, I, 
I didn't even know what I was doing. I just was finally free from the Bocconi, which was the University of Economics that I used to go to, which was very square. And, and I just, I couldn't really cope with that. So um, I didn't really know what I was doing, but I started architecture. And since I have always been an overachiever, I just did it well. You know what I'm saying? Even in the middle of that chaos, right? So, um, and uh, then I was recruited when I was still in school to hang an exhibition at the Triennale. And when I was there hanging the paintings and painting the walls and doing everything, I met the curator of the exhibition. He was Vittorio Magnago Lampugnani, is his name. He was also the deputy editor of Domus, the magazine, right? And so he hired me at Domus and everything happened. You know, in Italy, you don't study to be a curator or to be a journalist or to be, you know, like one particular practice. You study a subject and then you write about it, you curate it, you just like edit it. And that makes for deep knowledge and sometimes not so great form. But, you know, you just like acquire it as you go. And that's what happened to me. You know, I was... I started freelance curating, I started writing, I started reporting. And to me, journalism and curating go together. The kind of curating that I do is of that kind. I, I just want to stop for a second, otherwise I go on forever. I can start talking about the United States and what happened. Yeah. So just to, just to focus a little bit on specifically in your, uh, on your career, um, what was your, you know, start, from studying architecture to finding an opportunity to curate a show? Well, tell, tell us a little bit about that moment in your life. You know, it's just um, being in the right place at the right time, I guess, or just being in the right place, period. Because even today, for anybody that's curating design, Milan offers many more opportunities than, say, New York, right? So, so I feel that uh, it, it all happened quite fluidly. I mean, I, I was, as I mentioned to you, an overachiever. I must have been, I mean, I was pretty unbearable. Uh, and, uh, and actually, my colleagues used to call me the American before I had even come to the United States because I used to be on time at the meetings. I used to be prepared, you know, so I was the American in a kind of derogatory way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it has to do with the fact that I was in Milan. In Milan, there were so many more opportunities, right? So I told you I was at school, then I'm at the Triennale, this amazing building that was built to make exhibitions of architecture and design. I'm there hanging the show. Then I start working at Domus, which is also in Milan, and it's one of the most famous Italian, well, world magazines of architecture and design. And then I'm at Domus, and there's somebody that's doing an exhibition at the Lingotto, you know, the beautiful factory in Turin, and they tell me, do I want to be a junior assistant curator? Sure. So, so, so that's how it happened. You know, it was just really the opportunities. And I also have great mentors that, uh, that gave me those opportunities, some that I love more than others. My beloved ones are like Giulio Castelli, <clears throat> who was the founder of Cartel. He was this chemical engineer, and also he's the one that founded, with many others, but he founded the Salon del Mobile. So we're talking about this, like, amazing person. Then another great mentor is uh, Italo Lupi, who was uh, uh, the 
art director of Domus and then became the editor-in-chief of Abitare. So he took me with him to Abitare. So many, many others. And then I had not mentors, but great encounters like Achille Castiglioni was one. I say that he was not a mentor because he never mentored me at all, but the opposite. You know, when I was, yeah, yeah, when I was um, at the university, he gave me like really low grades. He was not nice, not, he was not super nice, but but he was a great designer and, uh, uh, and I did an exhibition on him. So that was nice. And he was a great teacher. So, you know, mentors and, uh, uh, and you know, the, the PR of Armani Barbara Vitti was also a great mentor. So important people that I met because I was such a, a, a pain in the neck overachiever, first of the class, you know, <laughs> so, so yeah. I see, I see. Um, so just going along your career, tell us a little bit about your, what you consider to be a turning point. Yeah. What were some, uh, some of the key turning points in your career? Well, the turning point that I told you the first one was like that rock in Sardinia, for sure. Uh, then turning points, based, maybe when I got, you know, I, uh, I was working in Milan, at Domus, etc. And I was asked if I wanted to be the Italy coordinator for the 1989 edition of the International Design Conference in Aspen. It was supposed to be about Italy, right? And I said, yes, of course, I told you, overachiever, like, yeah, yeah, please, please. Until that moment, I had done wonderful things, but in a very provincial way, in the sense that it was still about Italian excellence. It was about, you know, just all these different things. And I didn't really know how to be a professional, say, in the United States. I didn't know how to write a proper memo. Um, I didn't know how to ride in a blue car with a telephone, you know, just all these different things, right? And all of a sudden, I remember it was just like a different level, a different plane of, uh, of work. So I decided that I had a crush on the audiovisuals guy who was this surfer from Malibu, right? And it's, it's not really true that I had a crush. I realize now in hindsight, I just needed this kind of like, emotional excuse to just like keep going. And so um, the conference was in June and in August I went to LA because I was, you know, I, I decided that I was infatuated with this guy. Nothing ever happened with him because he couldn't care less about me. But you know what? I got, I got a teaching position at UCLA. Oh, excellent. So then from uh, teaching in LA, uh, you, at UCLA, what's next? So when I was teaching in LA, as I mentioned, I was also in Milan. Um, I was stopping in New York and I had a boyfriend in San Francisco. And I remember opening, literally opening ID Magazine. ID Magazine, the industrial design magazine. So not the cool ID magazine from the UK, the, the American version, also very cool. And there was the ad for the position at MoMA. So I answered the ad and... Um, I knew the curator there, the chief curator, because I had written about some of the exhibition, but he was very surprised because he didn't think of me as a curator. That was Terry Riley, right? So I applied and uh, interviewed and I got the job. Wow. So like literally from a magazine, just a posting in a magazine that you responded to. So it's not like they, uh, they headhunted you from, uh, from UCLA. Yeah. 
No, if, if they had hand, had hunted me, I was not at all, you know, they usually recruited people, especially at that level, because it was an associate curator position. It was not like a curatorial assistant. So usually people at that level have museum experience, and they usually recruit them by looking at other museums. And instead, I, I, didn't, I don't even have a PhD. I mean, I have a master's, and I was doing freelance exhibitions, but I was not necessarily on their radar. Wow. So you, you, you quite manually, quite literally manually. But then, you know, the terrible thing is when they, when they told me that I had the job, then I had to move to New York and there was a little bit of a trauma, <laughs> but okay. But when you say trauma, uh, is it, uh, because, because you, you know, you had relation, you know, you had a relationship on the West coast and moving to New York. Is that that kind of trauma or what do you, what do you mean by trauma? No, no, not only that. I mean, that's definitely, those are always things that tear you a little inside. And my family was in Milan. No, but it was also that I moved here in February of 1994. And that was a notorious winter. There were like 17 snowstorms. It was cold. My God, it was so, so cold. And, um, and it was not only cold, the weather. It was also at MoMA, people were cold, or at least I felt that way. I mean, New York is not a super easy place at the beginning. So, uh-oh, we froze. No, you can, I can still go. So New York is not a super easy place at the beginning. And, um, and I have to say that um, even though Terry was fantastic, he was not really the mentoring type. And, uh, and at the beginning, I really was going to cry in the bathroom. I was, I was feeling really, really lonely. Also, my colleagues did not welcome me very much. They were, they were like especially one person who I have, like, I'm Italian, so I'm still tasting my revenge because their life is not going so well. But, um, <laughs> you know, but so it was, uh, it was really difficult. Wow, so your, your introduction to New York and uh, MoMA was a little rocky emotionally. Wow. I don't think it was at the beginning, but I went through a really serious depression um, but still I was working. I mean, like the emotional state doesn't really matter when you have to work, you have to work and you work. So as a working professional, I was always at the top of my game. Um, and being depressed or down meant that maybe it took me a half hour or one hour to get going in the morning. Right. So there were moments in which I was like crying, crying, crying. And then I would put myself in front of the computer and in a half hour I would stop crying and just work for the whole day. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a little bit like a functional alcoholic. I know that there's many and I don't know how openly people talk about them, but you know, depression is a reality and uh, uh, it's, it's in my family. And I know that it's a problem that I have. I mean, right now, Right now, I don't, I don't have it anymore. Not, I mean, for an afternoon, perhaps, right? But, and I recognize it. So when you know it, you know how to handle it. But at the beginning, you need to learn to deal with it. So you just, you just go through life. Life is not easy for anyone. So yeah. Well, thanks for thanks for uh, sharing your your personal side of uh, the story that I never knew. And um, uh, you know, I'm glad that you had something to focus on professionally to to uh, to get through. So I guess, you know, coming to, coming to New York, uh, in the nineties, um, even though your initial introduction is, you know, it was cold and, you know, you had some challenges, but, 
uh, at the same time you are comfortable being in a in a foreign you know environment that you weren't familiar with super happy and you know after the first year and a half uh, when i started feeling really that it was my home um i don't think that i've ever encountered as beautiful people as new yorkers just with their own personality when people ask me what's my favorite place in new york i think i was asked by some magazine and i uh, i had them actually take pictures of me on the subway i just love new yorkers on the subway you know because they have such strong personalities and also they're so kind to each other we're so kind to each other maybe because life is complicated especially when you're thrown together like sardines and we we learned to cope with each other by being kind and it and it became even more um more evident after 9/11 after 9/11 people started i mean really being so loving to each other yeah it's the um the level of diversity and the level of different types of people and still coexisting that i find fascinating what piece of advice do you have to a 22 year old self you know to uh some you know a paola in your early 20s when you were starting your career what advice do you have to yourself learn how to surf as of what i was telling you because i think it's the best approach towards life because i feel that it gives you a different approach to life I feel that it's a great metaphor but it must be also an amazing way to make that metaphor reality and I wish that I could uh um that I could teach it to everybody but you were saying which advice would I give to myself not to somebody else right to myself I wouldn't change a thing I would tell myself to keep going you're really you're beautiful you're smart you are doing just well For the 31 years old myself is hanging there really you know trust your friends and uh and value them because the tough times are always happening you know so you need to have a buffer around you mm-hmm. That's that's beautiful that's beautiful That was part one of my conversation with Paolo Antonelli, the senior curator of design at the Museum of Modern Art. I had, as usual, three takeaways from my conversation with her. Those points were, number one, opportunity is a consequence of where you are. Number two, depression is reality. Number three, learn how to surf. The first takeaway, opportunity is a consequence of where you are. In this conversation she shared her upbringing as well as how she got into first into fashion then writing about design and that's how she found her way into the world of curation. She is from Italy but specifically she grew up in Milano and she talked about being at not just at the right time but at the right place the importance of being in the right place. And that really made me think that the place where you bring yourself to whether it's a city 
or company that you go work for and people that you surround yourself with, that becomes a key to opening the next opportunity. In her case, because she lived and grew up in Milano, she had more exposure to different types of design and she cited those exposures as a way for her to eventually find her way into the world of curation. So, number one, opportunity is a consequence of where you are. The second takeaway, which I have to admit was a, was a little surprising, but I was deeply appreciative of her being open to talk about her own struggle with depression. She said that, especially when she first moved to New York, and in, this was in the early 90s,、uh, she was you know, obviously much younger than she is now. She didn't know a lot of people in New York, and you know, New Yorkers are notorious for being tough and potentially rough. She didn't necessarily have a warm welcome. It happened to be a very, very cold winter. So she felt alone. She、uh, wasn't famous or successful yet. And she found herself being quite depressed. But I was struck with the fact that she talked about it as if it was a normal thing. And it is a normal thing, you know, these days that more visible,、uh, famous, especially athletes, have come forward in talking about their. Uh, depression or their struggle with mental health, especially you know, performing at, at the highest level、uh, in the public eye. But some of them becoming very open about talking about their mental health. And I really, really appreciated Paola being open to talking about it and just explaining the struggles that she's had and how she dealt with it. And it's totally normal to have. Some challenges with your mental,、uh, mental health. And it's something that a lot of people go through, and there's nothing to be ashamed of. So, number two, depression is reality. Number three, learn how to surf. This was her life advice to us. She said this in a literal and metaphorical way. She said that this is a piece of advice for life by learning. Literally, how to surf, especially if you haven't done it, it's something new that you may not be familiar with or comfortable with, and it will take a while for you to get used to. But once you know how to ride the wave, it becomes much, much easier to maneuver from one wave to the next wave. And she gave this advice as a metaphor for life as well, because life has different waves at different times. And you really have to try to learn how to ride those waves in order to move from one place to the next place. And I thought that was a, a really unusual, but a refreshing take on how to navigate life. So, takeaway number three learn how to surf in life and for real. So, just to summarize, three takeaways from my conversation with Paolo Antonelli. Number one, opportunity is a consequence of where you are. Number two, depression is reality. There's nothing to be ashamed of. And number three, learn how to surf in life and for real. The next episode will be the second part of my conversation with Paolo Antonelli, where she talks about the definition of creativity, which again, In her own way, was very refreshing and a little surprising, but very Paula. Stay tuned. I'm your host, Rainamoto, and this is the Creative Mindset.
See you next time.